Welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. Well, good morning again. My name is Father Ryan. I am uh, delighted to be with you today. I'm one of the pastors here, uh, along with Father Morgan. Uh, We are so excited to be in this uh, space together, uh, celebrating the transfiguration today. That's why we're wearing white. Uh, Not nearly as white as what we see uh, Jesus wearing in our passage, but uh, we're getting as close as we can, um, because that white is a glory all unto itself, which... Uh, we'll look at together today in our gospel reading. Um, if you would, as we come together to hear from God's word, let's pray with me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, may you bless and sanctify the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart. May it be ever acceptable before you my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. When I was in college, I, I, I went to a school called Virginia Tech. It's in a, a southwest Virginia. And uh, growing up in the Roman Catholic Church, there was a certain theology about uh, the, uh, the end times. But I, I, I sort of never really thought about it until I was in college, and uh, I took on a certain ethos of the, uh, of the context that I was in, that, uh, that when, when the end comes, it's, uh, Jesus is going to come and take you away, and that, uh, that all of his faithful people would be uh, taken up in rapture. And um, so I remember one day I'm driving in my car, and I'm really stressed out. I had a lot of homework to finish. Uh, I was a young life leader. Um, I was playing on the rugby team. And I had uh, a lot of things on my mind, and I was just bogged down with stress and concerns. And uh, I just remember driving uh, along the, the small road, along, uh, driving home from the high school where I did Young Life. And uh, it, it, the roads were relatively abandoned, and I was thinking, gosh, this would be a perfect time. <laughs> Uh, so I, I just remember, uh, I think I didn't close my eyes because I'm driving, but I was just <laughs> driving along and I was thinking, oh Lord, rapture. Because that's the only thing I could think to, to take away my stress. It would have been perfect for me. Uh, I've since changed my thinking about how, how all of that works. And, and that's not necessarily trying to uh, start any arguments here today, but uh, more a whole to say that it, it brought up for me the question of what's the point if if uh, what's the point of our our being here in the first place if uh, if our purpose is to believe in Jesus and to go to heaven why, why on earth would we continue to stay here why would he keep us here for decades upon decades after it has to be more than just to share the good news with those who are lost, although that's an enormous part of it. There has to be more to it than that, because otherwise we're just going to be gritting our teeth and trying to press through, trying to wish away these moments of stress and pain and grief or sadness, maybe 
you're like me and you, you try to think about uh, happier times from the past, uh, nostalgia, uh, uh, times when uh, we, we find ourselves uh, wishing that God would take away the difficulties or the stressors or the pains of life uh, or the painful circumstances by, by whisking us away to heaven. Or, or perhaps it's more a yearning for some time in your life when, when you had something better, uh, when, your, when your spirituality felt like it was alive and there was, there was palpable joy day in and day out, when, when your relationships were rich and meaningful, when our connection with God and with our community around you felt more interesting, more meaningful. Perhaps you find yourself asking this question, why, why does God leave us here after we believe? What's the point? And, and what we see from today's passage is that Jesus is tra- transforming us, uh, and, and there's three ways that he is transforming us, that our transformation commences with Christ. It continues with community, and it and it, uh, and it consummates in the resurrection. So we begin with that first point, that it, it commences with Christ. Looking here at first, verse 1 in Matthew 17, it says that after six days, Jesus took him with Peter and James and John, his brother, and led him up a high mountain by themselves. Notice Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up that high mountain. He goes up a big mountain. They're alone. The three disciples, they must have anticipated something glorious. This really special experience with their rabbi Jesus. They knew that they were part of his inner circle, the inner inner circle. So something amazing must have been happening. What must be about to happen? Some great wisdom or lesson that he would give to them. These three chosen as Christ's inner circle. Matthew uses the same language here, or very similar language here as he does at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, in his earthly ministry in Matthew 4. It's where the Spirit who led Jesus up into the wilderness where he meets temptation from the devil. And just as the Spirit brought Jesus up to set into motion the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, so here Jesus brings the disciples as God sets in motion the beginning of the end of his earthly ministry. The true purpose of his coming and following God. The the reason that he could not stay up on that mountain, but had to go back down, had to go to Jerusalem and to the cross of Calvary. You see, the disciples, they weren't anticipating that sort of commencement. They believed that the kingdom of God would commence in an earthly glory, an earthly glory that would leave them as his viceries, his assistants, 
his vice presidents, if you will. But instead, what Jesus had was a ministry that on earth where he would go down to serve and go up on a cross on Calvary's hill and die. Something beyond imagination that the disciples at the time refused to believe and even tried to stop. But Jesus would have nothing of this. See, it's it's in this moment we get a glimpse of Jesus changing his figure in verse 2. Immediately, right there in front of them on that mountaintop. Jesus changes, transfigures, transforms before them. You, You can imagine how difficult it must have been for the disciples, for for these three to describe what they saw. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as light. The Gospel of Mark says it's it's like they were, uh, they're kind of like uh, really white, like whiter than you can bleach anything is, is sort of the way that that describes it. They're so lost for words to describe what this picture of Jesus is. This gloriousness. You see, this, this is the picture of Jesus' glory that he gives to his disciples before he goes down to suffer. You see, this is the same word that the Apostle Paul uses in Romans 12, verse 2, and in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And in both cases, he gives us a picture of that same calling, a calling of those faithful in Christ to behold, to behold the glory of God in Christ, to see God's mercy and to be transformed. As the Apostle Paul says, transformed by the renewing of our minds. And as he says in 2 Corinthians, that we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. You see, our transformation must begin, must commence in Christ. It is his glory that we share in. And here we have a small picture of that glory. So certainly the disciples get it, right? Well, no, Uh, of course. Peter, as usual, opens his big mouth. In verse 4, you see Peter, he says to the Lord, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will take. I will make three tents here. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. What a great idea. He's such a pragmatist. I, I love it. I, I'm not this way in my personality. I, I, have, I 
I love, I've got lots of ideas, so I love working with people who are more pragmatic in their efforts. He's very uh, grounded, very, he's thinking about how to serve. He's, he's thinking about how he can be uh, a good quartermaster, how he can support the infrastructure of what's happening in front of him. You know, I, hey, Jesus, Moses, Elijah, you're going to be here for a while. We should probably give you a place to lay your head, a place where we can come and, and, and worship you. But, but no, see, w- 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 the, the reality of what's going on here is that uh, just like us, Peter's not quite getting the, the, the picture here. See, our, our transformation continues in the spirit. It continues in a spirit-led community. Why is it that common people pray common prayers, but the, the transformation is uncommon? This is our, our tagline under which uh, our banner that we, we call ourselves here at Corpus Christi, common people of common prayer for uncommon transformation. Why is that transformation uncommon? Our transformation, yes, it begins in Christ who transforms into glory. But, but how often are, are you like me? How, how often does this happen to us that we are so eager to see God transform our lives, our character, to fashion in us some great virtue, some great <coughs> glorious ministry in our midst, that we're looking for God to move in a certain way in our lives? We're assuming that the outcome of our plans are going to take us in a certain direction, and then boom, God does something radically different in the midst, that more radical than we could ever imagine. It, it might not be really loud and intense. It might be very quiet and very subtle, so much so that we, just like Peter, almost talk ourselves right past the voice of God speaking in a cloud. I caution you, I'm not saying that our experience here as the church in 2023 is to hear God booming in a cloud in this same way, or even to have an experience like the three apostles where we see God's glory physically in, the, in this way. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we are to call God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth today as it is in heaven. I long to be a Christian family discerning God's holy, acceptable, and perfect will for our lives individually and and our life together. I confess to you that even today, I was more preoccupied this morning with pizza toppings from Papa John's than uh, than because a bunch of my students last week asked me to get Hawaiian toppings rather than pepperoni, and and I did. We did that. Um, So, yes, Joshua, you can be excited. Um, and And I confess that I... Uh, and I say I, actually, Jody did it. Thank you, Jody. Uh, she's teaching me how to delegate. I, I confess that even coming here, I, I'm more consumed by, by my own 
expectations, my own pride, my, my own thoughts of what, what, if I, what if people realize that I'm, I'm not nearly on the ball with these matters, uh, thinking more about Papa John's than my Abba Father, who is pointing me to follow his son, Jesus Christ. As we continue in our ministry together, our life together, I long for that. To be, to, be, to be following Christ. To be listening to Him. As a spirit-saturated community that we might see something amazing in our midst. Something glorious. I don't know about you, but I have a thousand ideas every single day of what this could be. I imagine... We, we all do this. We imagine what, what could Corpus Christi Anglican ministry be? What could healing in my family look like? What could it look like for me to forgive that one person who I've spent decades trying to forgive? What if we had a prayer ministry, healing generational wounds, special services where we overflow into the hallways and the parking lots, worshiping Jesus? And, and I'm ripping at the seams to be doing outreach to every teenager at West Springfield High School right up the road and Irving Middle School next door. And we're going to be singing and there's going to be repentance and tears of joy and revival. And inevitably, if you're anything like me, I get so preoccupied with my plans, my vision, my expectations until God reminds me of my calling. God reminds us of our calling to continue in community. Listen to my son, Jesus. Follow him where he takes you. Remember to pray your common prayers. Because when I get wrapped up in my big visions, believe it or not, that's the first to go. (laughs) And remember your calling. You have not yet obtained perfection, but press on to make it your own. Because Jesus Christ has made us his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. We press on towards the goal, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. And finally, our transformation is, is completed, is consummated in the resurrection of Jesus. Notice in verse 9, he goes down. Yes, down the mountain to Calvary. But in this moment, the, the disciples still don't get it. They, they don't understand. Jesus commanded them, do not tell anyone of this vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. I don't know about you, but I'd be like, what? This is awesome. I... I just saw Elijah and Moses and you turned into the sun. You don't want me to tell anyone? 
I, I, I get, I get uh, choked up and excited uh, so much that I have to call my wife. And any time I get to even have like a spiritual conversation with some random person in Starbucks every day, let alone this, and you want me to hold on to that? What on earth for? You see, the farther down the disciples descended that mountain, the more their dizzying days remained on these mysteries mounted for them. But that mystery is not so for us. We have seen Christ raise from the dead, and we join with him in his suffering. See, our transformation is consummated in Christ's resurrection. We see this in Revelations 1. We see that shining face of Jesus like the sun. His clothing as white as light. It leaves us with this question. What does God in Christ desire to accomplish in your life? What does he desire and, and I leave you with that question, and, and uh, this is the, how our catechism answers this question. It, it, it's, it's a simple sentence, but, but I leave you with it because I, I think it does encapsulate quite well what we are meant to, to be as a people of transformation, an uncommon transformation that begins in Jesus, continues together in a spirit-led community and accomplished in the resurrection. What does God desire to accomplish in your life in Christ? God desires to free me from captivity to sin and transform me into the image of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Holy Father, we thank you for your glory. We thank you that you have come, that you came for a purpose to die on the cross. God, thank you that you rose Christ from the dead and now ascended into glory. You sit at the right hand of God and call us to continue to follow you. Give us your spirit today that we may worship you and place our face upon your glory. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.